He's got big plans. He's got hopes and dreams. And the great thing about all that is he wants to involve all of us in that. Is that awesome? Are you there this morning? Huh? He's got plans. He's got purposes. And the awesome thing is he extends an invitation to every one of us. And he says, come be a part. Come get in on it. And do something with me that's significant, that's eternal, that's everlasting. Come be a part of it. Over the last couple of weeks, we've attempted to talk about our purpose. We had a little sidetrack in the middle of it. And so today, we're going to try and jump right in to uh, the last two segments of our purpose statement. And that would be, if I get to run. There it is. We are CT. We disciple and we send. We're going to talk about fulfilling the Great Commission today. Something God has called us as Christians to participate in. And if you would, you want to turn to with me really quickly. Turn to Matthew chapter 28. As we talk about the Great Commission, I want to encourage you along a certain line. The best and most powerful way to, com- to, 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 to complete the Great Commission is by fulfilling the Great Commandment. Jesus said the greatest commandment was this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If we would couple those two things together, the great, co- the great commandment and the great commission, if we would put, use, use the one to accomplish the other, we would be very, very, very effective. If all of our affection and everything about our life was wrapped around our love for God, was wrapped around our love for one another, if we would do everything according to those two, those two things like that, the great commission would be so easy to fulfill. The problem is a lot of times we have so many other things competing for our affection. Let's look at Matthew 28. And Jesus came, verse 18, I'm sorry. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, I love this this, this part right here. This makes the rest of it really good. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I could spend a long time just right there. Jesus said, "Every every bit of authority that's necessary in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He is our commander-in-chief. He's the one leading the way. He's the one directing us. And he says, all authority is mine. He has authority over every principality, over every power, over every governmental system, over political issues, over sickness, over disease, over you name it, he's got it covered. Is that good? Are you glad you serve a God who's got that kind of authority? Are you glad you have a Savior who's involved to that degree that he, he covers everything? So he takes you and he says, listen, go. Everybody say go. Go. Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I know some of you are going, it's not up on the screen. You know me, I just like to do things a little different, keep you sharp, you know? you got this thing called a sword of the Spirit, called the Scriptures, called the Bible. you ought to make good use of that, and it shouldn't be a coffee table fixture. It should be something that's a part of your entire life. If you have a Bible you can't write on that's not useful to you, go find a glass case, put it in it, go to praises. Where's Billy at? 
Billy will help hook you up with a Bible you can write in. It will be useful, for, useful to you. Get a Bible you can absolutely use every day of your life and learn something from that will breathe life and hope and strength and faith into you. I'm kind of wound up already this morning. That usually takes me a little bit to get like that. And this is all free. This isn't even in my notes yet. So if you've got your sword, you ought to be looking at verse 19. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you. And lo, I love these two bookends. Jesus starts here and he says, I have all authority in heaven and earth. And he says something in between. And then he comes in and he said, and check this out. I'm with you even until the very end of the age. Not only do I have all authority, I'm ever present with you. I will work with you in this commission. You're not by yourself. I'm walking down the path with you. Is that awesome? Woo! He's good. And then he says, or the scriptures say, Amen. You know what that means? So be it. We're agreeing with him that that's what we want to do. That's what we want to accomplish as we say Amen. When we talk about we disciple, if this thing will work. You have to follow me, guys, or something. I don't know. Some things just never changed. Lots of things change. Some things never change. You've had to have been here for a few years to understand what I was just talking about. Try it now. There we go. We disciple. There are two sides of, of this word disciple. Number one, we are disciples. Jesus didn't ask for just converts. He asked for disciples. He asked people to get in, the, get, in, get, in, get in the way with him and walk and follow. Here's what a disciple, here's what a disciple looks like. A disciple is a person who is growing in understanding and maturity in the things of God. A disciple is someone who responds well to correction and instruction. A disciple is a person who wants accountability and connection to the rest of the body. A disciple is not concerned about personal accolades, but is concerned only about kingdom advancement. A disciple lives in an everyday application mode of their faith. A disciple is not a a Sunday morning Christian. A disciple is a person... I said I referred to Michael Phelps last week. I'll refer to him again this week. Who eats, breathes, and sleeps what they're doing. Michael Phelps is a disciple of a swimming sport. He gets up in the morning. He, he eats a certain diet. He does certain things. And all day long, his entire day is revolved around accomplishing his goal, which is to win gold medals and swim faster than anybody else on the planet. Ever. Our job as disciples is to wake up in the morning, ingest the proper diet, and then the rest of our day, we should eat, sleep, and breathe the things of God. It should be something that's not compartmentalized. It should be something that's like, okay, this is my work life. This is my home life. This is my church life. This is Jesus encompasses all of life. So as a part of Church Triumphant, we're asking you not just to come and attend church on Sunday morning. We are asking you to get involved and be a part of the thing God is doing in the planet every moment of every day. I feel kind of, I'm intense today. I don't know, maybe it was that close Buckeye game yesterday or something. I don't know, something's got me wound up. You see, we have a lot of people sitting in churches on different Sunday mornings who claim to be Christians, but they're not disciples. They might be churchgoers. 
This isn't in my notes either, so just hang with me, all right? We're going to ride this wave out somewhere. We've got a bunch of people who are churchgoers, who are, who are attenders, but who are not followers. They're not followers. They're not disciples. They're not eating, sleeping, breathing the things of God day in and day out. It's a shame to me that we can get people wound up like that about gold medals and swimming in Olympics and football and, and what do girls do? Sewing and knitting. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something. Um, scrapbooking. Whatever. I can't think of anything. I'm trying, not, I'm, trying, I'm trying not to leave the female gender out. What do you guys do? Talk on the phone? I don't know. What do you, huh? Help me out, somebody. I are not one. Shopping. Yeah, shopping. What did I think of that? Huh? I they said they don't sew. Be the vice president, somebody said back there. I don't know. We shall see. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is it hot in here? We eat, sleep, and breathe being a Christian. Jesus is not just something we've added on to life. He is life. You get me? Everything revolves around him. He is the author of life. You've been in Wednesday nights with us the last couple of weeks. We've talked about in him was life, and he was light of men. Life ex- comes from him. You're not experiencing life. You're not really not experiencing life until you've experienced Christ. Until you're walking with Christ. Until he is everything. You're just merely existing. You might inhale oxygen. You might eat and do other things. I want to go there. Um, that require you to do while you're living. And... Um, I'm sorry, I'm way off track. But you're just existing. You are just existing. You've not yet experienced life. A disciple is walking in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit, walking with the Father and allowing Jesus to lead them wherever they go. I'm going to try not to spit at people. But also, not only are we, are we disciples, there's another important facet of this. As disciples, we must Disciple others, according to the Great Commission. And that, that, that involves all of us. Every one of us should be involved in some capacity, encouraging another believer in the things of God. Instructing them on things that, 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 that Jesus has taught us. The things that we've learned from the scriptures. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a body thing. Discipleship, it takes all of us to make a disciple. Let's look at this. Oh, Oftentimes, we don't know the importance of what is going on in discipleship until a situation arises that pulls the training out of us. How many of you have, okay, I'm gonna, how many of you are, uh, are children of the 80s? I got, I got four words for you. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know what, what effect discipleship is having on us until we have a need for the things that have been instilled in us. Let's watch a clip real quick and, and catch this. Let me say something. Let me, let me put a caveat here. I'm a child of the 80s. I have this filter in my brain, okay? I watched certain movies as a kid, and my brain somehow, by the Holy Spirit, zipped out a bunch of junk out of the movies, Okay? 
The clip we're about to show, just prior to that, there's probably some language I wouldn't use here, you know, or anywhere. My wife said anywhere. <laughs> but this clip is clean, I promise. But I want to give you a caveat there because I know some people say, oh, that's a great movie. And then Aaron starts and starts, so that must be great. And they go home and go, oh, my. La, 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 la. Okay. Just to set that up, I think we get the point from the clip I'm about to show. I don't endorse any of the rest of that at this point, okay? All right? Go ahead, guys. Show me Sander Floor. I can't move my arm, all right? What are you doing? What are you... Ow! What? Ow, what are you doing? Now show me Sandefroa. How did you do that? Shut up! Sandefroa. Stand up. Show me Sandefroa. Sand of floor. Sand of floor. Big sucker. Sand of floor. Sand of Now show me wax on, wax off. Hey. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off. Hat. Concentrate. Look at my eye. Lock a hand. Thumb inside. Wax on. Hat. Wax off. Hat. Wax on. Hat. Wax off. Hat. Wax on. Wax off. Hush. Show me paint a fence. Up. Down. Up. Down, up, down, other side, look eye, always look eye. Show me paint the house, side, side. Lock wrist, side, 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 side. Yes. Show me wax on, wax off. Yes! Show me paint a fence. Face! Face! Yes! Yes! Show me side to side. Yes! 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 Show me sand of floor. Hat! Face! Face! Face!
So what's the point? The point is, we have certain things we do around here. Some of you go, I don't get why we have to do that. Prior to this clip, Mr. Miyagi has Daniel-san doing some very seemingly menial tasks. And he thinks he's just doing that to be mean. What he does not realize all along this path is he is creating him to be somebody who can do something significant. And he looks, he looks at Mr. Miyagi just prior to this and uses some pretty colorful language and just kind of reads Mr. Miyagi the, 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 the riot act. Because he thinks he knows better what Mr. Miyagi is doing than what Mr. Miyagi is doing. And he gets really kind of amped up. And then suddenly, in a moment of clarity, Mr. Miyagi boom, brings the pieces of the puzzle together. And I love it because you know what he says? Come back tomorrow. The training is not over. Come back tomorrow. Jesus said this at one point. He who would come after me must pick up his cross daily and follow me. You see, there's always something, there's always a tomorrow that we have to learn in and be ready for and grow from. There's always something going. And did you see Daniel's son? Daniel's son. As he is walking out the backyard, all of a sudden the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. Oftentimes, people think we're just being mean. Oh, another thing to do on my schedule. Why do I have to be a part of a home group anyway? Good night. Those are just clicks and stuff. No, those are good for you. We're just not trying to fill up a schedule for you. We're trying to make you the best disciple of Christ you can possibly be. And you may think, well, it's all sandy floor, wax defense, and all whatever that is. <laughs> wax on, wax off. Leave it to my tongue to get in the way. That's what we're talking about today. Our mission and values, you know what? They, they revolve all around the, uh, the concept of discipleship. All ten of our values revolve around discipleship. Our mission statement, the very middle, the very core of our mission statement is about discipleship. Let's look at it really quickly. Church Triumphant exists to preach the gospel to all people. That's our win statement. But look at the very middle. The biggest chunk right smack in the middle of the mission statement says, we exist to edify and encourage Christian believers. That's discipleship. And make disciples of all Christians. All those together make us disciples. Those two statements make us better Christians. Make us better followers of Christ. Make us what we ought to be. That's what we exist to do. Our core values revolve all around that. Look at this. Pray always. A good disciple is constantly in an attitude and a mode of prayer in communication with their father. Always. There shouldn't be a moment or a second that goes by that we, but Paul said we should pray without ceasing. Does that mean we're always on our knees in some sort of a position religiously doing something? No, that means our heart and our spirit, sometimes our mouths and everything are communicating to our father. That's, a, that's what a disciple does. Look at the next one. Every believer can minister. As you grow in your faith and become a disciple, you should take on some task in the kingdom of ministering to other people and helping at some point in time. Everybody can do that. Look at this. Excellence honors God. A disciple is always worried about how God looks. Not how they look. Believe it or not, 
I spent about 15 minutes ironing this shirt this morning. And I've got these things called children at my house. And suddenly, I'm very wrinkled. But it's not about me and how I look. It's about him and how he looks. We should do do things excellently because we want God to be honored. Not because we want people to notice us, but because we want people to notice him. Excellence honors him. Look at this one. A disciple realizes that teaching is for transformation. Any, any kind of teaching, whether it be Sunday morning, whether it be Wednesday night, whether it be in a home group setting, we are here to, be, to cause you and help you to be transformed into the likeness and the image of Christ. You should be transformed as a result of teaching that goes on around here. Spiritual growth is not optional. You as a member of Church Triumphant don't have an option where spiritual growth is concerned. Those are pretty strong words, Aaron. Well, you may not have an option. Well, I know you've got rights as an American citizen, but as a disciple of Jesus, you don't have certain rights. You, you just have to do certain things. You don't have choices. You've got commandments and mandates and things of that nature. Spiritual growth is not optional. Love is expressed and not just addressed. A disciple loves at all times. When we talk about the great, the, the great commandment. The Holy Spirit's personal, powerful, able. You're not going to be a great disciple until you've tapped into the power of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. You're not going to be able to minister to other people until you've tapped into the power of the Holy Spirit and allow him to dictate your life and speak to you and use you greatly. The disciple knows that methods change, but the message never, ever changes. Tactics have to be different at times. and have to be have to do certain things that we don't do at other times. But the message about Jesus being the only way, the only truth, and the only life absolutely is solid as the day is long. And a disciple knows that. A disciple knows that worship is a lifestyle. Not a part of a service. The word worship means to, to, to bow yourself low before the Lord. Recognize he's in charge. He's in king. He's the king. He's Lord. And you say, whatever you want, Jesus Whatever you want, that's what I'll do. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. The disciple knows that every person matters to Jesus. And their job is to see that every person possible gets into heaven. That's what a disciple knows. Here's a scriptural basis. What is really fast? Matthew 28, we just looked at that a minute ago. Ephesians 4.12. The Bible says... He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. For this one purpose, for the equipping of the saints so that they could do the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. We've got teachers, home group leaders, who are all here to help you walk more closely to Christ. And you know what? There's some of you sitting out there who are potential leaders and teachers and you've not jumped to the plate yet, but it's time is coming. You need to get in on what, what, what God's called you to do to help disciple other Christians. You know, discipleship should cause us to be more like Christ. Luke 6, 40 says this, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who's perfectly trained will be like his teacher. You should look like Christ more and more every day. You should sound like him more and more every day. You should, should, should become more like him as, the, as days go on because you're growing in the nurturing and admonition of him. A disciple 
realize that the Holy Spirit will guide a disciple into all truth and enable a disciple to take on his character. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the, the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit is the, is, is the one who teaches us, really. He uses vessels like pastors, like teachers, other ministry leaders to speak to us, but it's him who guides us into what we need to grow in. You know how you can be sitting in a, in a service and all of a sudden one thing will speak to Rick, but maybe something completely different will speak to Bill. And the same Holy Spirit's at work doing two different things in two different lives. He'll guide us in what we need. In Galatians 5.22, it says that the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Bible says against us there is no law. That is the character of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is what Jesus is. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is long-suffering. He, is, he has all the self-control that anybody ever needs. As we grow as a disciple, those things should become more a part of who we are. We should see more and more patience, more and more self-control. We should see more and more uh, kindness and goodness and faithfulness. I mean, the world could use a good dose of faithfulness. People who just are people of their word and do what they say they're going to do. So, okay, Aaron, we talk about that. So what are the opportunities we have for discipleship? I only got a few minutes left. Let's go. Number one, opportunities right here for you to get discipled. Start with the one. We call them home groups. We're changing the name of those to connection groups because here's something I want you to know. You need a connection. It's not about a click. You need a connection. I was reading a book recently in July that said this. The man said, certain churches call them small groups. Certain churches call them cell groups. Certain churches call them uh, uh, home cell groups. He went through the whole list of, of things. And the reason a, a group, a small group is necessary, he said, is not because of the teaching all the time, but that's part of it. He said, it's not because of the accountability all the time, but that's part of it. He said, the name of the chapter in this book was called The Velcro of God. He said, the importance of a small group is connectiveness. So you can sit in this service on Sunday morning, look at the back of somebody's head, and never really know them or what they're about, never be able to help them, never be able to encourage them, them never be able to encourage you or strengthen you. You've just looked at the back of their head all day. But you get in a small group of people who care about one another, who pray for one another, who, who share encouragement and strength from the scripture with one another, who, who worship together, who do outreach together, and all of a sudden there's this bond that begins to be created. Those of you who've done anything where military service is concerned, where, where af- athletics is concerned and served on a team or, or worked in a, in a, in a close-knit group of people to, to accomplish something, you know that in the middle of that, some connection, a bond is created that's unlike any other bond ever. And you need that connectiveness. This man said, he said, the reason you need that connectiveness is because there are two kinds of crisis that are going to come to your life. One of them is going to be a need-to-know crisis. Another one's going to be a need-to-grow crisis. The difference is God's placed people in your life who know certain things you don't know. And when that crisis comes, because they don't send memos, let you know they're coming. He already placed them in your life to, to know what you know to get through that crisis. And there's need-to-grow crisis, which are just things God puts in you to make you be more like Christ. And when you're stumbling and falling and getting weak and weary, those, those people are around you, and they get underneath your arms and pick you up and help you keep walking when you don't feel like walking anymore, and you continue to grow because you have encouragement and strength behind you. 
You need to get in a connection group. If you want to know where to get in one, there are a, a bunch of flyers back there on that wall near the Welcome Center. Find one. Get in it. And become a part of the body of Christ. I mean it. I mean it. As a member of Church Triumphant, spiritual growth is not optional. The, high, the best place for you to grow as a Christian is in a, in a connection group, in a home group. That's just the truth. And you can like it or lump it. I don't care really a whole lot. Another place. We do, a, we do a class. We'll be starting back in the fall. We're revamping some called Foundations class. We're going to do a Foundations training. It's a class where we talk about the basic tenets of faith. And we talk about what God's called us to do here, here at Church Triumphant. How, how, how God's going to accomplish the Great Commission through this place. And we'll teach you all about that in that, in that situation. We also do other classes, especially on Wednesday evenings. Now listen to me. We're going to be doing a series of classes starting in October. This is really important. Because you know what? Discipleship, I said a minute ago, affects every part of life. Every part of life. We're going to be doing, we're going to be doing classes all revolving around families. Bill's, Bill was going to start a class this Wednesday. He's backing it off until October the 8th, and we'll start the rest of the classes. This is about, this is about the, the courtroom of God. Some things you need to know about how legally, from the scriptures, things operate. You need to know who your advocate is. You need to know who who's your accuser is. You need to know who's fighting for you and all that sort of thing. Bill will teach for 10 weeks on that. Just a basic Bible, basic Bible class. But along with that, on Wednesday nights, we're going to have... How many, how many single parents do we have in here? Can I just see hands? Single parents? What are we doing a class for single parents? Helping them scripturally figure out how to do what they do. How many of you guys... Have, ha, have teenagers or will have teenagers? We're going to do a class for parenting teenagers. Jeff Strange will be facilitating a class for single parents. I'm going to be facilitating a class for parenting teenagers. I figure about 12 years of youth ministry makes me somewhat qualified to, to help out there a little bit. Um, and Kevin Lehman will help out a ton. He'll be a lot more than I will do. We're also going to be doing Mary's going to continue her, her women's ministry on the patriarchs on Wednesday night, starting October the 8th, which all has to do with all the families during the, the scriptures and how they functioned or dysfunctioned and help us learn from that. I'm free. Jean, Jeanette at her house is going to be hosting so many families here have been affected with issues that caused them to grieve. We're doing a grief group-like thing on Wednesday nights at Jeanette's house starting October the 8th. Why? All those things are areas we need good discipleship in. So you need to be a part of that. We're going to fall for the family. And we're going to, make, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to try and affect different areas of different, different things that are going on with families. Those are awesome opportunities for discipleship. I realize life's busy. I realize things are going on with you. But there again... As a disciple, maybe we should be more eating, sleeping, and drinking the things of God than we should be doing other things. That's just something I think. I don't know. Let's go one more. We've got one more thing to go to. Once we disciple, we do something very else important. We have to send. See, a disciple is not somebody who just takes up a space in a pew and sits there for the rest of their lives. A disciple is somebody who has a purpose. So once you're disciples, we have every intention of sending you someplace with a specific purpose. How cool is that? Is that awesome? Our mission statement says this, church family exists to support as well as plant leaders throughout the globe. You'll notice in Matthew 28, 18 and 19, you'll find these words, or word, 
Go. Go. Oftentimes we come to church and we say, Jesus said, go. That's what he said. And, and, and here's some core values that go, go, go along with that. Every believer can minister. The Holy Spirit's personal, powerful, and available. Love is expressed, not just addressed. Methods change. The message doesn't. Worship is a lifestyle. And you matter. We need to send you because you matter, but we also need to send you because there's people around you who matter to Jesus. And if we never get to them, they'll never know. Is that cool? Here's some ways. I thought that when I was thinking about sin, I thought of some images like this. From the postman. You know what a postman is? A postman is a vehicle through which we get correspondence or a message from one location to another. Postal workers do several things. They invade neighborhoods daily. They cross cultural lines. Postal workers make sure the message arrives, overcoming all sorts of obstacles, like rain, sleet, and snow, like vicious dogs and persnickety cats, broken down vehicles and all sorts of things. And God intends to use us as postal workers to get messages to certain places, to cross certain lines, to invade certain neighborhoods, to get the message through at at whatever the cost. So who are our postal workers? Well, our, our, our mission statement says this, support leaders throughout the globe. Philippians 4 reads like this. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at, your, at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Verse 14 says, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know that also in the beginning of the gospel, when I begin to take out the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For in Thessalonica you sent an aid once again for my necessities. Not I seek the gift, he said, but I seek the fruit that bounds to your account. Need I, I, indeed, I have, all, I have all in a bound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And he says these words, And my God shall supply all your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. A little while ago, we have baskets sitting here. Those baskets are intricately involved in our in the word send in our purpose statement. We support leaders around the globe. We make it possible for the gospel to be carried to various places around the world, locally, regionally, nationally, internationally. Things are being done in the gospel because of what we just did here as an act of worship a little while ago. That's part of it. But you know what? We also are involved in supplying prayer over those ministries. We're involved in providing other resources at times. We, we support other leaders by uh, prayer and human resource, by short-term mission opportunities and things of that nature. It's not just about the financial part of it, although that's part of it. It's about prayer support. It's about human resource support. It's about those. If you want to wonder what all we're doing, you got to go back and see our wall back there in the hallway over near the children's church. There are pictures and faces of ministries that, and a, that, 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 that portray to you the fact that we send people. 
Philip Cameron, Armstrong Chiga, Bill Turkovich, A. Stephen. The list goes on and on and on. But you know what? It's not just about support. It's about planning. We plant leaders throughout the globe. I want you to think of somebody. Think of Sheila McPherson and ETSI. Worked numbers and numbers of years, innumerable hours doing ministry right here from this place. And now today makes her home in Monterey, Mexico. We help plant that here from this place. Don't you think something that's going on today? This evening, Center Point will have their very first preview service. That's not working. We're sending them into a culture that to this to right now in this right now in this area in this country is not being as impacted by the gospel as we ought to have been impacting them. We're sending them today to start something new, different, to make sure that the gospel is preached to all nations, to all people, to all. You know, one of my hearts is to become more strategic in planning. I've been thinking over the last several months, I'd like to have a plan in place where we begin to strategically pray for certain areas, maybe in southern Ohio, maybe in other parts of the United States, maybe around the world, where we can begin to pray for God to enable us to send ministers there. It might be as close as Ironton, I don't know, to as far away as Zaire. It might be as simple as starting a soup kitchen in a nearby town, I don't know. But I think we need to be strategic about that and ask God, God, where do you want to take what's going on at Church Rampant and replicate it someplace else? Where do you want what you do here to go somewhere and have an impact in another culture, in another place, in another location? Because we are called to support and plant leaders around the globe. That's our mission. That's our purpose. Well, who's going to do that? You! Somebody sitting here right now has a calling to go do something that nobody else has done. You know what? Some of you, you know, I want to to get in your mind. Every day you walk out those back doors and you've been properly discipled, you are being sent into an element of our culture that nobody else gets into. You are being sent. We, I, I hope to get in your crawl every week. You walk out here. You're not just walking out of here and done your, 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 your spiritual duty. You walk out of here going, dude, I've got a mission. They're sending me to go do something significant. The Holy Spirit, God, our Father in heaven, this church is behind me. They're sending me to go do something, to get something accomplished. Jesus said this. He said in John 20, 21, 20, 21, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's in work, at work in your life, you need to recognize that you are being sent by Jesus to go have influence and impact somewhere, with someone, someplace, somehow. It might be a neighbor. It might be a coworker. It might be a family member. He has called you to go somewhere. And have influence and impact. Also, look at John, John 4, 34 says, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. 
Do not say, there are still four months, then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look to the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this is the saying, the saying is true, one sows, another reaps. Now listen to this word. I sent you to reap for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. We're supposed to be a part of the body of Christ to a degree that some work's already accomplished, and we just show up at the right place at the right time, pull in a harvest where somebody else already done work. Is that, would that be awesome? To think that God would use you to accomplish something somebody else started or something somebody else has prayed about, something a family member that somebody has prayed for for years, and all of a sudden you show up at the workplace next to them, and you realize, I'm sitting here for a purpose, and the light clicks on, and you're having a conversation, and at that moment, at that break table, somebody comes to know Christ, and you entered into somebody else's labor with them in the gospel. This gets me wound up. People, there is nothing, listen to me, there is not one thing more important in life than honoring Jesus, loving him, and loving people to the point to get them into the gospel, into the kingdom. Nothing. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how significant your job is. I don't care where you live. I don't care what kind of car you drive. Nothing is more important than that. And if our eyes are off of that, we are missing it completely anyway. You love me? It's just the truth. Ooh. It is the truth. You know what? We're at the end of the process. The process ends. Yet it begins again. See, we first win the hearts of people we talked about last week. Then we disciple them in that allegiance to Christ, encouraging, edifying, and struggling, correcting them. And then once they're discipled, we send them out. Guess what to do? To win. And the process starts all over again. It never ends. It's an ongoing thing. We've got a couple of things I want, I want to attend to today. I'm going to ask for members of the board who are present to come forward. I'm going to ask for group leaders to come forward. I'm going to ask the crew from Centerpoint to come forward. What we want to do, we want to lay hands on them. This morning, we want to send them with a prayer and a blessing to start what they have to do today. To accomplish what they have to accomplish. I'm going to ask that all of you stand with us. This is a commissioning of sorts. I'm going to ask for everybody to Gather around. This is, our, this is the crew of Centerpoint. Matt, Amber, Johnny. His last name's Roppel, in case anybody's wondering. Not Ruppel. Kristen, Aubrey, and Christopher, you guys all know. They take on a, a vast challenge, a huge deal. Something that's, don't know where the end is, don't know what's going to happen in the process. A lot of unknowns. But our hope and our desire is to send you guys. I want to encourage you. Remember one thing. In all you're doing, do what Jesus says. Extend his message. Not your own personal ideas. Not your own personal thoughts about things. Get in lock with him and where he's leading and what he's doing. Stay on his message. Preach his gospel. And everything 
will go just the way he wants it to. Be led by his spirit and you will accomplish and be able to do everything he's put in your heart to do. Don't deviate to the right or to the left. You stay on task. You stay locked into his word. You stay locked in to his voice. And the future is bright. We're glad. You could be doing lots of other things. You take on a challenge of doing something that's abnormal. But that's okay. Jesus does abnormal things. I want everybody to gather around them. We want to lay hands on them. We want to send them. Six o'clock this evening, preview service number one takes place. Let's pray. Father, God, we come together as a church body. Please extend your hands this way. As a church, God, we don't take this lightly. God, we don't consider this a small thing. God, you're giving us an opportunity today, God, not only to fulfill your purpose for Church Triumphant, but God, to enable someone else to fulfill their purpose in you, Jesus. And so, God, today, as we lay hands on Christopher, on Kristen, on Johnny, on Amber, on Matt, God, you know you're assembling a team around them, God. We pray for this entire work of Centerpoint. The Lord Jesus, it will remain in in your good graces, God, always. The Lord Jesus, you will be the lead. You will be the head. God, they will be the followers. And God, they'll walk exactly in the path you've ordained for them to walk in. God, they will preach the gospel, Lord Jesus, as you've called them to preach it. God, they will do, God, what you've called them to do. And they will be what you've called them to be. God, break down every wall, every barrier, God, between them and the people you've called them to reach. God, break down every wall and every barrier between them and those you've called to come alongside of them, God, to help them accomplish what it is they're called to accomplish. But we pray, Father, that today, God, your blessing and your strength would go with them. Your Holy Spirit would encapsulate them. And the Lord Jesus, God, they would go in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. God, just as you walked into your ministry full of the Spirit, the Scriptures tell us from Matthew 4, God, we pray, God, they would walk into this ministry today full of your Spirit, full of your power, full of your truth, full of your strength, Lord Jesus. God, having your wisdom. God, seeing people the way you see them. Doing, God, what you want them to do. God, supply every need financially, resource-wise, human people, Father God, facilities. You know all the need that's there. God, supply all of it. God, we pray that tonight there will be those who will be birthed into the kingdom tonight, Jesus. Not to wait, God, not to just, but God, tonight, let there be people who will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus this day, Jesus. God, as they impact the culture of young adults, Lord, let them experience your power and your strength. We lay hands on them as the leadership of this church right now, God, and we send them, God, in the power of your Holy Spirit with the commission of the Great Commission God, to follow the great commandment, God, wherever they go. God, we bless you, we thank you, and we honor you for this, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Hallelujah.